helping families be happy. Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family love and relationships. I am your host, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now I am absolutely thrilled to introduce today's guest, Kathy Goldberg-Fishman, who will be talking with us about her incredible book, A Spring Stroll in the City. Welcome to the podcast, Kathy. Thank you so much, Carla. I'm very glad to be here. It is a pleasure to have you. So tell listeners, tell all of us a little bit about your who you are and your journey. Um. I am a grandmother, first of all. I guess that's where I am in my journey, and that has um, re-nourished some of my creative juices. Uh, Spring Stroll in the City is not my first book. Um, I've teamed up with the illustrator Melanie Hall um, for years and years, and we've done a series of Jewish holiday books, but it's Um, It had been a while since I had written anything new, and so I think my becoming a grandmother, now I have three wonderful, beautiful granddaughters, uh, that made it um, even more important for me to try to share um, something that I love, which is writing with with my granddaughters. Oh, that is so beautiful. There's nothing like something personal in your life to propel you to do something magnificently creative. So, grandmother of three, and they're all little girls. They are. (laughs) Beautiful. So, tell me about a, A Spring Stroll in the City. A Spring Stroll in the City is the second book in, um, our, um, Walk in the City or Hike in the City series. Uh, The first one was um, A Winter Walk in the City, and I was inspired to write this book by going to visit my first granddaughter, um, Eliana, in Washington, D.C., and putting her in her stroller and walking through the city. And my son and his wife live right in the middle of the city. We can walk to um, the Capitol building from where they they live. And uh-huh. so um, we're going from a residential area to a park area to a more um, commercial area with stores and uh, the Eastern Market with, with all of their booths and excitement. And, um, and so I started with Winter Walk, but Spring Walk is just really dear to my heart. That's one of my favorite seasons. And um, walking through D.C. and and being in the parks and um, walking to Eastern Market and seeing all the different kinds of people, I think, um, is what inspired me. Oh, and it sounds, even as you're describing it, it feels as if I am in Washington, D.C. with you. So does, is it set in Washington? Do you take the, the reader into Washington or does it translate into almost any big city? I think it translates into any big city. I let Melanie um, do the illustrations without really any input from me. I, I did the text. It's very simple. Um, I use the numbers uh, 1 through 10 to 
describe um, the holidays mainly for each season and it rhymes. So there's a very gentle rhyme um, and one picture um, for each, each number. So the holidays that I cover, I, um, in the spring, um, it starts with St. Patrick's Day and I cover uh, the Persian New Year and Passover and Easter um, and, and I end with Cinco de Mayo. So um, I, I try to hit all the, the highlights. Oh, that's lovely. So for example, the um, Persian holiday, do you give the, the reader an idea of what the holiday is about? I, I try to um, stick with what I felt were symbols of each holiday. Mm -hmm. Just like I didn't name the city that I was thinking about, I also don't name the holidays, but I mention um, shamrocks um, and tulips and matzah and bunnies and eggs and sombreros. And Melanie just does a wonderful job bringing it all to life. That sounds absolutely beautiful. And me being in California where Cinco de Mayo is definitely celebrated, I can just imagine how weaving those themes, the images into the book will make so many people, so many different cultures really appreciate it. Right. And I try to bring in as many different cultures and Melanie also, it, everybody doesn't look the same in the illustrations. There are um, little boys and girls from all different cultures and adults. And so Melanie has shown um, the different styles of dress so that, um, so that any child can look at this book and in a very subtle way um, understand that, that people are different and that it's all right. Absolutely, and what an appropriate time to really emphasize such messages, right? Not that right. there's never a, um, an inappropriate time to talk about being culturally accepting, um, being open-hearted, open-minded, but what a, a most magnificent time in the history of, you know, current civilization to be emphasizing that message to little children and to their the people who are reading to them whether it's an older brother or older sister or a caregiver or a mom or a dad well done oh that's right and also the book can be read on different levels because it doesn't have to be about holidays at all it can just be about two kites in a tree or three bunches of tulips um, or boxes and windows. Um, and, and so on one level, it can just be about counting um, the objects on each page. And on a deeper level, it can lead to a discussion on the different holidays that, all, that the, um, the illustrations portray. And you know, you just gave me a really lovely idea that there's also going to be, especially with two kites in a tree, an opportunity for problem solving. How did the, how did the kites get there and how do we extricate them you know, right. in a safe way? How can we do teamwork to get up there and get out, get the, you know, the kites back to be flying in the sky? How beautiful. And I really think that's one of the most most precious parts about children's books is even though we often say they're for children and, and purchase them for children, we as adults can get so much out of reading them 
with with children and grandchildren right yes so your second book i don't want to give anything away but might the next book be about summer well i think the, <laughs> you are close i think the next book is going to be about fall ah so that's a lovely time of year and i can imagine yes. with all of the wonderful holidays and um the deeper meaning of of slowing down and beginning to turn inward and harvest i imagine that will be a walk in the city that will be just so beautiful right and oh. and i've tried to follow somewhat the same path with each of the books so it begins with um somewhere near the first it begins with a tree and so you can see a tree in the different seasons and it ends with 10 people doing something together so um in my in our first book they're they're sharing their holidays together mm -hmm. and in springs um stroll in the city 10 people are dancing with scarves in the park um, because i think that each culture um, is so rich in their folk dances and um, the clothes that they wear and, uh, and a lot of folk dances use scarves as a um, um, a way to bring their dance to life and have it be so graceful and so um, and that's one thing I love to do. Um, I'm Jewish, and so I have joined our um, our Israeli um, dance group every once in a while um, to dance, do the circle dances with them, and um, and I've also done square dancing and um, line dancing and and other other types of of dances. Um, I I never remember what the dance steps are from time to time, but I, I always have fun um, joining with other people in, in doing that. And what a beautiful piece to bring into a children's book, the piece about dancing, about movement in our increasingly sedentary lifestyles. I can envision a child getting up and mimicking the um, pictures that you have in the book. I can see them wanting saying, mommy, daddy, may I have a scarf? <laughs> and dancing around with it. So wonderful right. that you evoke a sense of let's move together. The other piece that I picked up as you were speaking is how important it is that you're also focusing on community, the power of community, the power of gathering, the power of being together with dance and and other parts of life. Such yes. great messages to be offering again, at, 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 particularly at this critical time um, where so many people feel separated and there's so much divisiveness to be able to really cement the idea of community um, individualism because you're showing that in the costumes and the and the different ways of being, but also how we can all honor that yet still come together. Yes, community is very important to me. I live in a a, a small town um, in Georgia and I raised my my kids here and um, both my daughter my daughter's living in Raleigh North Carolina and my son is in Washington DC um, and so they've both gone to big cities but um, to me it was just wonderful raising them in a smaller community where not only um, people in the community knew me and my children and my husband, but they knew my husband's parents and 
um, my husband's grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, and we listened to stories about um, the old days and um, went to get, we would go to get ice cream together. So um, my kids grew up in a multi-generation community, which, which I felt was so important for them. Absolutely, and that's something in our increasingly mobile, disconnected um, world that, that if you have that opportunity and are able to give readers a sense of what that's like to have that closeness, um, the emotional closeness, but also the physical closeness. There you are walking your child through a city, again, togetherness. So wonderful, wonderful. What a wonderful message. So when you look at what brought you, what you're most here, where you are today, and what you're most proud of right now, two questions in one, what brought you where you are today and what are you proudest of? I'm proud of the books that I have written. Mm -hmm. And I feel that um, my experiences and, and my love of learning led me to write those books. I'm, all, I'm also proud of the classes that I've taught. Um, I've retired from teaching now, but I did teach at um, a community college in the learning support department. And I taught um, English and reading. And I, I feel like I have um, really helped many, many lives um, get up to a college level and, and so that they were able to succeed in their college classes a lot better than they would have if they hadn't started um, with my classes. So um, I'm, I'm proud of that. Oh, what a gift. So really helping people do their best in education by giving them a strong foundation with skills, with the skills they need. Right. Brilliant, brilliant. And, and so what brought you here, where you are today, other than you know, teaching, a love, a love of writing, a love clearly of your family. A love of language and a love of poetry that um, my grandparents and my parents gave to me. I remember as a, uh, as a very, very young child sitting on my grandfather's lap and he would read um, The Spider and the Fly. There was a, a very long poem called um, The Spider and the Fly. Um, and I think he had me memorize it. Uh, so I, I learned to love language very early. Um, and my, my mother always read to me. Um, when my kids were little, we read every night at, at bedtime. And um, even, uh, even when my youngest was just an infant, she would be in the bed with us, uh, my son and, and me listening as, as we read the, the story for the night. And I think that brought me to where I am today. That is just so wonderful. A lover of learning, a lover of teaching, you know, um, a lover of sharing your gifts. So, so much beauty there. And now you're doing it in um, book form for little ones, for little right. ones. So, well, I, I would like to ask you one more question. If there are three takeaways that you would like um, a listener, a reader to have from your books, both of them, what would it be? What would the three takeaways be? I would like readers to know that my book is very accessible and, and easy to read. I've had comments from parents that um, gave my book to their toddlers saying that 
it didn't take very long at all for the um, two-year-old or the two-and-a-half-year-old to almost memorize the book and, and, and um, read it on their own. So I, I think it's very accessible and easy, as well as being deep enough to keep a parent interested and to spur discussions on deeper levels. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today, Kathy. It has been such a joy. Tell us um, where listeners can find you. Oh, thank you. Um, I have a Facebook page, Kathy Goldberg Fishman. And I also have an Instagram page that, and that's also my name, Kathy Goldberg Fishman. You can find me on Goodreads. And of course, I'm with Amazon. Okay, and I will spell Kathy's name. It is C-A-T-H-Y Goldberg, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-G, and Fishman, F-I-S-H-M-A-N. So that's Kathy Goldberg Fishman and her latest book, A Spring Stroll in the City. As we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at Familius.com where you will find our Habit Hub blog as well as a spectacular selection of books for families. One step at a time, we can make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine as only you can do. We talk together, learn together, play, work, eat together, we laugh together.